0: So it's a really cool idea that you can have like a shared code base between Android and iOS.
1: Way too many. Uh, I, oh, I made no. a list during the, during the conference on paper, like libraries I should check, and, uh, frameworks.
2: Welcome to the second season of the bold.com Tech Lab podcast. We ended the first season with a retro. So we have uh, yeah, great new ideas for this year and we will explain a little
3: more about that later. For now, we want to talk about the Kotlin conference. Yeah, so a group of Kotlin enthusiasts joined this conference back in December last year in Copenhagen. We invited this group to come up with their learnings of this conference, and two of the participants will share these with you. Time to introduce them, uh, Peter Pan.
2: Yeah, so the people uh, who are willing to share their, uh, their highlights and insights with you are uh, Kasp Platel. He's a software engineer in the fintech domain. And we have Oscar Spruit. He's a software engineer in the apps domain. So uh, great to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so uh, yeah, let's start with the first one. What's, what's uh, one of the first things that comes to mind when you uh, have to share uh, highlights or insights from Kotlin Conf? Um,
1: so um, what I would say about Kotlin Conf is uh, it was an amazing conference. And I'm, for me, I start comparing it to other conferences I went to. Um, particular DevOps, i think that's the usual java conference people go to mm-hmm. and uh, kotlin conf was just a, a completely different kind of energy conference like uh, um, i think it's more uh, about innovation and mm-hmm. future stuff and about of course the kotlin language mm-hmm. so all the people there are kotlin minded are in similar uh, um, flow and uh, for me uh, main takeaways were like new stuff announced for kotlin like the compiler uh, a new product from JetBrains and of course some really good talks which mm-hmm. you can actually use in your everyday work. Um, so yeah.
2: Okay uh, so are you saying that, that the energy is really like focused then on, on one topic and less broad than at other conferences uh, and that is one of the things that gives it that vibe? Is that what you're? Uh,
1: maybe but also um, I think um, let's say uh, if I compare it to I also went to Scala days which was mm-hmm. more about Scala but yeah. it's it's a pretty academic kind of uh, conference where okay. people really go into all the type theory and uh, whatever. And this one, you really have a lot of people who actually want to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Bollcombe uh, mentality. I think. Yeah. And Kotlin is, uh, I think, a really pragmatic language for that. So okay. the, the the goals and the, the talks and everything is kind
2: of like-minded
1: people who want to get stuff done with a really good language, I think. Okay, uh,
2: cool. Hey, and you... Um, um, uh, Oscar, uh, do you have similar ideas or similar observations?
0: Well, for me, this was the, the very first uh, conference I've been to. So okay. it's uh, a very new experience. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, really like uh, the conference itself. And the main takeaway for me as an app developer was uh, the multi-platform uh, uh, announcement, mm-hmm. let's say. Uh, so it's a really cool idea that you can have like a shared code base between android and ios Mm -hmm. Uh, so we have less maintenance and uh, just can make an app pretty quick
2: okay yeah so that's then also something we're working on or you and your team are working on uh, working towards or well here at
0: bold.com we uh, still have uh, two apps for both platforms so both for ios and android we have Mm -hmm. uh, separate apps uh one of my colleagues already uh tried out the multi-platform st- uh, stuff mm-hmm. and it's just not yet ready uh, to be used in production we think okay uh, we may want to experiment or uh, yeah uh, try out it a bit more mm-hmm. and maybe make some uh, some kind of proof of concept with it ah, cool. and hopefully we can use it in the future
2: yeah well, go- good idea so and um because uh, you mentioned that, yeah, you also uh, also got some inspirations for stuff to do back at work, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh,
1: way too many. Uh, oh, I, I made no. a list during the, during the conference on paper, <laughs> like libraries I should check and, uh, and frameworks. And I think uh, one of the first talks I joined was uh, one about Ktor. Mm-hmm. So here at we uh, most of our applications, both uh, Java and Kotlin uh, and I guess some old Scala, uh, applications. I uh, use Spring mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, Spring Boot most uh, speci- more specifically. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the one of the first talks was about KTOR, which I've heard of in the past a bit, mm-hmm. but I never really dabbled much with it. Uh, and then there was a talk about it, someone uh, who just basically set up a service in KTOR and it all looked really nice and easy. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of had the feeling like, okay, we, we use Spring Boot and it's kind of the default way to use it here. Mm -hmm. And for me it was really inspirational that you kind of live in your own bubble where you use your your usual tools and of course there's a bit of deviance in that. Uh, But then you go to this conference and you really explore completely different frameworks or libraries or that matter. So for me that was really something, okay, when I'm back at work I actually want to maybe convert a small service or write a new service. Maybe uh, and try it with this framework and maybe it won't work or maybe it won't perform or maybe... It's just not uh, good, but maybe it is. So for me, that was really inspirational, I think.
3: Did, yep. did they share what uh, the difference were between KDOR and Spring Boot? What, uh, uh, what, what you can benefit from?
1: A little bit, a little bit. Uh, I think one of the main advantages is that it's uh, written for Kotlin, so Kotlin first, and with Spring, um, Spring has really good support uh, for Kotlin, obviously. Um, but it, n- it is, in the end, uh, primarily written for Java. So it's a lot of annotations and that kind of stuff. With Ktor, it's way less, so you actually have nice DSL structures, uh, so it's kind of like kotlin specific uh, mm-hmm. language features, which really uh, make you write, I think, really nice uh, code using that Ktor framework, at least what I could see during the talk, of course. So you you obviously see a little bit like like uh, easy examples and a bit happy flow, mm-hmm. so you'll have to build something which is really production-coded and see if it's still that uh, that nice. But uh, I don't know, it was really inspirational. So I think I think if you do a lot of Kotlin, and, and for me and my team, we, re- we write everything in Kotlin, basically, I think it would be a nice alternative to try. Because if if it takes less code, if it's easier to set up than Spring is, because Spring is, comes with a lot of stuff, and, mm. and you can pick from a lot of stuff, but if Ktor is really the, the kind of, or maybe becoming the default for Kotlin uh, backend applications, then it might be interesting to at least explore and see what it's about. Yeah.
3: Definitely. Yeah. In an in, uh, in earlier episode, we talked about already about Axel. Uh, uh, the, 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 the yeah, the bull framework. The bull framework. And, and Spring is in there. Did you already raise a change request for Excel <laughs> to... <laughs> to <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I did
1: talk with Nils about it. Like, he's uh, from Team Axel. He was like, ah, oh, interesting, interesting. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, it has to be a major, uh, major benefit, I think, for, for Team Axel to really r- rewrite everything to KTOR. Maybe there could be some some integrations, but yeah, it's, it's really heavily based on Spring, right? So I don't think it's a trivial uh, thing to do. Because I think there's also other uh, stuff like Quarkus, or there's there's loads of uh, frameworks to pick from uh, al- as alternatives to Spring. But then you really need to have a uh, a clear benefit, I think.
3: Sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, one question left for for Oscar. You you talked about this this multi-platform just jumping around, <laughs> but just realize, okay. Uh, the, um, uh, you, you said you did some um, proof of concept with it already. Was, was that before the, the the conference or was it after the conference that you picked up this this inspiration and started using it?
0: Uh, good question. Uh, before, we knew it is possible, uh, but we didn't try it out because we were like, well, maybe it's not yet ready. Uh, but uh, after the uh, conference, we got really excited and we were like, okay, we, we got to try this out we have to try this. And uh, one, w- well, I didn't make the proof of concept. Uh, one of my colleagues did. Uh, and while we was trying it, we just didn't felt like it's it's ready to be used for big applications. For,
3: for now. For yeah. now, yeah. yeah. So, so we have to wait and until then we have to maintain the, the application or you have to, to do yeah. it twice it actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: That's uh, the way we've done it for years now. So yeah. uh, we will continue that for, at least some years probably, and hopefully we can uh, yeah, uh, convert the whole, both apps to a, a multi-platform
3: app. Is there is there a conversion tool available? <laughs>
0: well, not is really, but, but uh, the Android app is already in Kotlin, so we can mostly reuse that for the iOS part as well.
1: So that would be uh, really nice if that would be yeah. actually the case. Yeah, it was actually a pretty cool talk about this, like, because uh, they they mentioned it, uh, so it's Kotlin also for iOS and Android, right? But also for backend, so they kind of said, okay, we're gonna use Kotlin for any kind of application. They went uh, completely uh, crazy about Kotlin. But actually, uh, so they had one talk where they were explaining, uh, JetBrains was explaining their setup for the new product they announced. And then they actually said, like, the amount of code they shared between Android and iOS, or at least their clients, was like 70 or 80% or something. So. That's quite a, I'm not sure if that's actually true, right? But I mean, that, that sounds like significant numbers. If mm-hmm. You can uh, reduce your code size uh, by sharing that code. so yeah.
3: that's, uh, that's really interesting. Yeah, maybe it sounded a bit like we're uh, making promotions for, for JetBrains over here, but that's not <laughs> the case. Uh, JetBrains was one of the, I think, biggest uh, uh, contributors for the, for, the, for the conference. So and yeah. it's logical that they named here uh, as well. So okay, so yeah, you already talked about this new product announcement. Um, what's what's more to tell about it?
1: Uh, yeah, so they uh, um, like uh, before the conference there was this uh, time slot where they had like product announcement and it was kind of mysterious. And in the end, uh, uh, everybody got into the the main uh, main stage. I don't know what they called, but um, and they announced a new product which was called Space, and that was uh, kind of a collaboration tool mainly, I think which included, uh, I don't know, everything basically, chat, like uh, repositories, uh, tracking of, uh, of stories. The, the whole shebang was in there, which was kind of uh, nice, because when they announced it, the whole crowd went like, ooh, ooh, this might be something we want to have. They
0: even <laughs> had a floor plan in there,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. So, uh, yeah, it was really nice. And and the, the talk I just mentioned, what, what was actually pretty cool about it was that they had, after this announcement, uh, later today, the they had a, a talk where they actually went into how they actually built the tool. So they built this this new product space. Mm. They actually built everything in Kotlin. So also the back end of the system, the database access layer, the the clients, so the Android, the the web, everything was in Kotlin. So it was actually also a proof that this whole multi-platform paradigm they were advocating they were actually also doing it doing it themselves so that's
2: your own dog food so they showed yeah yeah yeah. uh, yeah. i thought it was really cool yeah Yeah. really strong uh, if they can do that yeah Yeah,
1: right so that was for me uh, one of the best talks uh, for me personally Uh,
3: did they share more uh, apps um, that maybe we are already aware of that are already built into this multi-platform setup or is it just that new
0: i've been to one talk about another app that already uses multi-platform it was from a company called Kareem, uh, was something for pilots. I don't know the app name exactly, uh, but he shared his uh, his uh, ins and outs from uh, or his takeaways from his experience. It was
2: really cool. interesting. Yeah. Are they um, because uh, they must have had the opinion that he could already bring things to pro, and you haven't. Uh, yet come to that stage so what do you think that the main differences are between uh, what they're doing and what you're doing what, what makes it already work for them and not for us yet I think they have the time to uh, try it out right okay. uh,
0: we don't really got the time yet to, mm-hmm. w- to try everything with it so mm-hmm. we and there's not that much documentation yet mm-hmm. so we kind of have to uh, find everything out ourselves and, and you really need the time so that's probably the main reason. Yeah, or why. more good
2: examples basically in yeah. in that sense uh maturity of the product also comes with the examples and the yeah, documentation yeah. that goes with it. Yeah. And we have to uh, wait a little there I guess. Yeah, to make it easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to make it in a in a s- smaller time of yeah. that we can actually uh, really good use it. Yeah.
3: So what's what's more from the from the conference?
1: Uh yeah, so so a little bit hooking onto it uh, uh, on the sorry. space product still. Like they had a nice uh, library, actually. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, which which they were using to connect to the database called Exposed, and we were actually in our team. Uh, we were having a lot of uh, discussions on what frameworks we use to retrieve data from the database. Like, do we use uh, Hibernate or are we going to do plain uh, JDBC templating? Or, and then this Exposed framework. Actually, we came across it and we were. Yeah, it's maybe a bit experimental. Is it really supported? So during this talk, they really said, okay, we're using Exposed ourselves in this product. And then for me, it was like, okay, this is cool. So they so convinced <laughs> convince you they to they that conf- it is possible. Exactly, yeah, yeah. They convinced me that, okay, so if they think it's prediction ready, right, if they run their tools and everything in it, then yeah, then we should also be able to do so, right? So for me, that was a really nice one to really think, okay, uh, we should give this library a go and see uh, how well it performs and, and if it's... Uh, it's feasible and if it works uh, but I have I've, I've, like I said I have a whole list of libraries like I have um, I also mentioned the library called the retrofit which was um, uh, I think a nice way of uh, calling uh, kind of generating your 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 driver so connecting to another service potentially and because that is a bit of a pain point I think because uh, getting getting proper uh, API's and, and connecting to other services in a Kind of convenient way uh, can be a struggle, uh, and they mentioned this retrofit library. And to me, that really sounded like okay, this might actually be something which could ease the pain in that field. So, and uh, I don't know, there was the uh, every every of most of the talks where they go really into the, the stuff people did. Uh, they mentioned libraries which they use, and I was like, oh, okay, it's cool. Maybe yeah, write it down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that's pretty cool.
2: Nice. And hey, um, what of the uh, libraries have you already? tried because yeah but, y- there, there's been a stack a pile of them and uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's>, uh <laughs> and that's, uh, which perfect. one did you pick uh, yet yeah, to uh, to try out uh, n- uh
1: not that much if i'm honest i only tried uh, exposed uh, yeah. uh we have it in server uh, service now okay and i uh tried a little bit of uh, assert k which is like an assertion library mm-hmm. for Kotlin, so yeah. it's it uh, supports uh, Kotlin classes more and that kind of stuff That's just, it's just relatively small so it's not uh, too big but and yeah I still have a list of stuff to try out basically yeah. but
2: uh, and the expose thing, uh, thing that you already tried to expose library to was.
1: yeah yeah yeah. so I tried it in the past a little bit and now I, I give it a bigger uh, yeah. uh, I don't know let's say a better, a better attempt yeah and uh, I really liked it it looks a bit like uh, a Scala library I used to uh, work with like Slick I'm
2: not sure how mm-hmm. familiar that is.
1: so uh, yeah pretty good
2: Happy with and it. it's working for, for yeah. us in that service. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 for sure.
1: So yeah, I think uh, I would recommend it. Oh, pretty cool.
2: Okay. Is that,
3: Oscar, is that in the, the app domain uh, does that work in a similar way that you that you hear about libraries that you can use for your specific apps?
0: Um, well at this conference we uh, got to you well we heard one, I think, one uh, library that's kinda interesting. It's called Jetpack Compose. It's only for uh, for Android, and it's a declarative way to uh, uh, create your UI. The normal way to do it right now is uh, define your UI in uh, XML. That's uh, when you get used to it, it it's okay. Uh, when I tell it some kind of backend person, they say, uh, "Oh, why? Why? Why would you make your UI with the XML?" Uh, so it's nice that we get the possibility to uh to do it in a declarative way in just plain kotlin uh, and it actually looked pretty nice uh, they really put thoughts in there it's uh it's been developed by uh, by google in collaboration with jetbrains uh to get the best out of it
3: okay. so Goog- google and jetbrains together uh, that's, that's yeah nice. yeah
2: and what uh, what are some of the advantages? Uh, the, the, so the way you work with it and create the uh, the actual UI that that would be really the advantage of uh, starting to use this uh, Jetpack Compose.
0: Yeah, you can kind of kind of like in React you can com- combine your UI with mm-hmm. some logic. Mm-hmm. And in uh, in Android right now there are some possibilities, but it's not that nice to do. Uh, so that would be a lot easier to have some. Uh, better UI logic Uh, and it's also think a big step towards uh, multi-platform again because Mm -hmm. when you have uh, UI written in code you can again uh, convert it to some other platform Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a big step in the Android world
2: Yeah, so they also needed it to become really multi-platform I guess this is one of the things you need there to to y- get to multi-platform actually
0: it, it really feels like they are working towards multi-platform with yeah. all the libraries and things they're uh, getting out there right now nice to
3: realize that there's a, some competition going on over there yeah, to to get to this multi-platform and to, to yeah. make it easier and uh, yeah. interesting but oscar you you wrote down some more um, items i think you've got from the conference
1: yep
0: uh yeah one other big thing for me was uh, cor- coroutines, uh, especially flow, uh, f- Yeah, coroutines was already a thing on the last uh, Kotlin conf I heard, uh, but then again uh, they improved it so much this time around that it can basically replace, from my perspective, uh, 90% of the Rx RxJava uh, stuff you have in your uh, codebase.
2: Yeah, so could you, for our listeners, just give a small hint of what coroutines exactly are, and what they're doing. So
0: they basically help you uh, do async, asynchronous uh, uh, programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start a coroutine, it, you can define some uh, some scope it, it mm-hmm. uh, works in. So you can say, uh, I do it on, on some background thread, yeah. and uh, that in that way you don't have to uh, well. For example in android you don't have to block your ui mm-hmm. to uh to do some uh, something that doesn't really matter to the user you don't have to wait for some network request
2: okay and so the user also doesn't have to wait and in that yeah. sense it's yeah. like in a way itself as reactive programming yeah yeah
0: that's uh especially especially flow uh really enables uh reactive programming within uh Kotlin. and again when you use and coroutines, you can easily uh, convert it to a multi-platform.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I saw you. <laughs> There's yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a pattern, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 see the better.
1: But, but I agree, like, coroutines was really nice, I think. They also had a talk about uh, cancellations and uh, exceptions. Yeah. I'm not sure if you follow that one, but that was really nice, because then you can really see, because uh, uh, I think it's more, on Android, it's more heavily used coroutines, but you can also use it a little bit in the backgr- uh, backend systems but the gain is less, I think, because on Android you really have the main uh, threat which you don't want to block. But uh, they kind of explained in a talk the cancellation, like what happens if you cancel part of uh, the, the code teams and what happens to the scope and to parent uh, scopes and what happens in exceptional flows, so if exceptions occur, like how that gets propagated around. It's quite a, I have to say, quite a heavy talk because it was uh, really in-depth. But that was really, uh, really something I, not really thought about that much but then after this talk you're like okay this is something to be aware of this is something that needs uh, more attention if you if you work with code please. so
2: and, and then again it's at such conference it also brings yeah, new thoughts on on programming because you actually haven't sure, been yeah. aware of the concept before yeah. that's kind of what i uh, hear from 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 what you're saying yeah, exactly and now you're okay i'm aware of it now and yeah, yeah. so you also uh, adapt your way of programming to, to this new uh, thing you discovered, basically. Yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of, yeah, 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 oh, yeah cool.
1: exactly, yeah. So that's that's uh, definitely the inspirational part, or yeah. if you want to call it like that, uh, of, of a conference. So, yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah, um, um, so uh, there was also a really good talk about um, serialization, actually. So they, uh, I think this is this maybe the main uh, uh, thing of the conference for me. Like we use, we again, we use kind of uh, the same same kind of libraries and frameworks, usually. But then they had this serialization library where we usually use. Uh, it's a bit technical, maybe, but we, we use uh, faster XML libraries usually Jackson. And now they actually had a serialization library uh, from JetBrains themselves, which was also multi-platform. Um, and uh, you could use that instead of, uh, and it would uh, be Kotlin first once again. So with with other uh, libraries, you sometimes have some features of the Kotlin language which are not properly supported. Hmm. They quite noticeable was the the default parameters which was not uh, by most java libraries not uh, really well supported but with this kotlin serialization library uh yeah that was all like working out of the box and then again multi-platform so i think if you're really going full-fledged kotlin then there is a lot of uh benefits to actually using all these tools and libraries and stuff so i thought that the serialization library was one of
2: those examples. yeah so so for the serialization library what you would Normally, have to do you would have with the Java, uh, let's say library. You would have to program some things to really make it work with uh, with Kotlin. Exactly. Yeah. And now it just works out of the box. That's the main yeah. difference. What I hear from. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's the same with with Ktor and and this this one again. Like, instead of having to do some workarounds or cli- small tricks, and sometimes these libraries support it a little bit. But it's always a bit when when you get close to really Kotlin only functionality, then there there can be can be Features badly support if you have to do kind of workarounds and that kind of stuff. But if you really use the the libraries built for Kotlin first, like the serialization library, then it works out of the box, and you can just use, You don't have to think about all these edge cases or what if I use these functions of the language, will that really work? Because in the end, it's Java, blah blah. So it, it is kind of nice. So if you really use fully the ecosystem provided for Kotlin, I think that okay. uh, would improve.
2: But if you go for a Kotlin first strategy, will there also be like an other, like a JVM? It's now running on the JVM. Will there be uh, adaptations for that as well? Because you have to support less. You just have to support Kotlin. Why bother with the rest? Is there something about that? Uh, I do mean you support. So, so now, basically, you run, you run Kotlin in, in the Java virtual machine. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, but if you have Kotlin first and you don't need Java, then you probably need less of the uh, java virtual machine so you can make a more tiny thingy could be. <laughs> <I> don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we should ask the guys yeah. from JetBrains, maybe yeah, okay. uh, yeah. Uh, it could
0: be uh, you have this should col- invite them. yeah you have called col- <laughs> col-
1: native so then it, uh, uh, you can run it natively uh, and you have uh, called in uh, javascript called in js where it uh, compiles to javascript you can just run it in the browser uh, so, yeah, that's, there's definitely possibilities there. I think that's also the kind of the strategy from JetBrains to not, not be too dependent on the JVM
2: because
1: mm-hmm. that uh, limits you a bit, I think. And maybe maybe it's not only a JetBrains strategy but also one for from uh, Google mm-hmm. that on Android you might want to get rid of uh, that Oracle stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so to name. I, yeah.
0: I, I believe there was a, even a talk about how they, right now, they have... Three different compiler sources, flavors mm-hmm. for uh, for GVM, uh, JavaScript, and native. Yeah, true, yeah. And they kind of want to combine all those in, in one so they don't have to uh, do triple maintenance and uh, it can just compile to whatever you need.
2: Okay. I'm not sure how that works in oh. uh, in their background, but uh, I'm sure it will work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. So, they the compiler is also kind of multi platform. Yeah, it was <laughs> building a new compiler, actually. So, oh. a whole a completely
1: new uh, uh, compiler for Kotlin, which uh, had multiple uh, ah. outputs, kind of. So, 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 to say. so yeah. Uh, I think they would also do a lot of performance gains on that compiler, I think. Like, hey, yeah. well, it's, of course, promises, so you never really know, but I think there was, like, a factor of 10 or something faster than the current compiler. So, it's quite significant.
3: Yeah. Are there other domains that they did the presentations on, like, testing, or you talk about performance in compiling, but also maybe the the performance when you run it. um, What about those aspects?
1: I don't remember specific performance uh, talks, but there were talks about testing. I didn't attend those, but there were a few of them, uh, like how do you test, and I think more specifically, there was a talk about DSLs, which is a language Mm -hmm. feature in Kotlin, uh, which you can use to uh, uh, conveniently uh, build, um test data kind of Mm -hmm. programmatic test data yeah so i think there was something like this and i think uh hopefully they'll uh put the 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 talks on youtube and then we might want to check one of the
2: those as well (laughs) uh, yeah yeah. i I remember that also in our first talk uh, in the first episode uh, about Kotlin there also the uh, really talked a lot about testing with uh, Kotlin and using it a lot for uh, automated tests as well Um,
1: I think that's one of the, one of the major gains, uh, at least for our team in, uh, in Kotlin,
2: by using Kotlin, that the
1: testing becomes so much easier. In Java, you have to write loads of boilerplate for it. In Kotlin, you, you have uh, default parameters, you can have uh, all that kind of stuff, and then the code becomes way less and way more maintainable for testing your, uh, your application.
3: So, and uh, running your application, yeah, you already talked about a bit uh, in getting rid of the, the JVM, but uh, are there other aspects to, uh, to discuss over there? Uh, well, maybe.
0: Uh, one thing uh, in one talk, they, they mentioned like, uh, well, uh, you make Kotlin code, but that doesn't mean your bytecode is more optimal than the Java bytecode. code. Uh, so they had some example where uh, they did the exact same stuff in the same order in Kotlin and Java and the uh, Kotlin part was uh, like 10 times slower. Uh, and that was because Kotlin did some kind of check or didn't do some kind of check uh, beforehand to uh, and run a piece of code, which took a long time. Uh, so sometimes it might be really interesting to look into your bytecode and see if it's actually uh, optimized, really performant. Uh, with one simple if check before the uh, in the Kotlin code, they added it, and uh, it became just as performant as the the Java code. So uh, well, check your bytecode
3: sometimes. Takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Cool. Uh, before we go to the to the closing round, um, did we touch upon all the, the takeaways you uh, you got?
1: I think I think for me also takeaway during a conference is it's not only the talks but it's also the networking part, so you not only run into colleagues which you yeah. might not run into every day, but also uh, you have some opportunity to talk with uh, the people uh, giving the talks. Mm-hmm. So I had a good talk with uh, the guy who did a talk about uh, GraphQL, and uh, they're using it uh, with their Kotlin service, and really then he kind of explained how they came across this and why they were using it, and in a one-on-one conversation, you can really ask, like, how are you using it in your company, right? And is what are the struggles you are struggling with and then you, you kind of recognize because they have the same, same problems, right? And, you, and they try to use the uh, the same tools to to solve it. So I think that's that's really a nice thing that you can get into contact with people from other companies, and then kind of can exchange knowledge on how they would solve similar problems you're having yeah. uh, yourself. So I think that's pretty cool about conferences in general. Okay. Time
3: for re- reflection with others. Yeah. 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 What about you, Oscar? Uh I found it
0: really cool that there were some of the the big names in the uh, Android world were attending the conference as well. So uh when I saw some of those I was a little bit uh, fanboying. <laughs> you asked <laughs> for Google. signatures, they they actually <laughs> exist. <laughs> They're real. Uh so it's, it's cool to see uh see even the 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 big people uh attending uh this conference and explaining their experience uh in real life it was uh eye-opening, kind of, to me. How
3: how does that work? Are are they being hired by Google or JetBrains to to present over there, or do Uh, they have to go for a call for papers as well? Uh,
0: (laughs) Most of the big Android guys work for uh, Google, of of course. course. Uh, So they probably work together with JetBrains to get those people there. Okay,
3: Uh, cool. Thanks, Paul, you have questions left for...
2: uh, No, I'm uh, really curious uh, about their uh, takeaways. So uh, let's yeah. go there. Could you please share your most <laughs> takeaways from you, <laughs> you saw I'm that not. already coming, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of, uh, I kind of, uh, kind you of anticipated, s- 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 Spoil <laughs> it already a little bit, wow. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, for me, it was uh, uh, the main takeaway was uh, using uh, using Ktor and giving that a go, and then really escaping your your kind of bubble which you tend to go into. And uh, so I'm going to give that a shot, and then I think uh, we might plan on building a new service soon. I'm gonna try to convince my team, but they're also really uh, fanboys of Kotlin, so maybe with a bit of persuasion, <laughs> just we'll, a little uh, nudging, yeah, 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 and we might uh, be able to uh, give it a go.
0: The main takeaway for me was, of course, uh, multi-platform. Yeah, it's uh, a, <laughs> yeah. it's a uh, yeah, bright feature ahead of uh, the app developers, and I, uh, I want to try it out myself. I might even uh, do it this weekend
2: okay yeah well, just holiday. before christmas okay. yeah because <laughs> that's when we were recording, we recording this? This. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs>
3: yeah oh great <laughs> yeah thanks uh Kaz and oscar for sharing your insights and uh yeah i think another nice and, and uh, insightful uh one to um, um yeah, to, to learn about what you learn during conference how you get uh, inspired but also why it's wise to to attend Conferences at all, right? Eh, to talk with others, uh, your colleagues, and and other uh, people uh, presenting over there. So sure, really, yeah. uh, really great to hear that uh, back as well. Yeah, and maybe it's an uh, idea to to share this on TechLab uh, blog as well. Yeah, yeah, so sure. in a more structured way. Good idea. Um, maybe you do some some more experimenting with it and then publish it. So uh, be invited for that as well. Yeah.
2: So maybe you could share there also your uh, most uh, yeah favorite uh, Kotlin first uh, libraries or uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of your uh, multi-platform uh... <laughs> yeah. so and then we, I think that we uh, mentioned the most important uh, buzzwords which was <laughs> 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 <True. laughs> all the buzzwords about uh, right okay thanks for listening to this episode if you like the episode check some of the others and subscribe to our feed go to Spotify or iTunes search for TechLab and subscribe Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun.